It's been more than a year since the pandemic turned healthcare upside down. I'm Jody Lesh. Join me for Ahead in Health, where we explore the questions that matter most about the future of healthcare. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome on this beautiful, absolutely gorgeous May 15th, Saturday afternoon. Can you believe we're halfway through May? Memorial Day in a couple weeks. Fourth of July, a few weeks after that. Labor Day, a few weeks after that. And then it's over. Hello, folks. Thank you for tuning in on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. Any questions you have, any whatsoever pertaining to your financial future, our phone numbers today, 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949, I'd love to talk to you with any questions whatsoever. Let me help you plan your financial future. I promise I'll give you my honest opinion one way or the other. 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. So, an interesting week on the markets. You know, a little luster came off of some of those stocks that did well. Tesla, Dogecoin, you know, NASDAQ. A lot of changes going on. NASDAQ fell on Monday, you know, mostly because of the chip stocks. The Dow fell on Tuesday, mostly because of inflation fear. You had an April 4.2% rise in consumer prices. And investors basically, you know, looked at some other information, flat retail sales, um, kind of helped rally the stock market. But for the week, the Dow fell 1.1% to close at 34,382. S&P lost 1.1%. 4% to close at 4174. NASDAQ down 2.3% to close at 13,429. You had job openings grew by 24% in April to 8.1, but some 7 million jobs are still unfilled. There's jobs out there. We just can't get people to fill them. And it was, you know, it was an interesting week. Year to date, the Dow up 12%. NASDAQ up 4.2, S&P up 11.1 with dividends probably closer to 12%. Russell 2000 that, that investors have to And the question that, that investors have to ask is, is this a mini correction? Well, you know, the Dow and the S&P are close to its high. NASDAQ has come off more than the other indexes. Remember what I said last week. When interest rates go up, there's a discounting mechanism that the, you know, basically investors look at and they take future growth earnings, cash flow, profits, and they bring it back to the future. And then with a higher interest rate, it's not worth as much. So when you have interest rates going up, especially growth stocks, the technology stocks, those those big companies, they get hit the hardest. And that's why you saw um, NASDAQ, you know, over the last several weeks perform a little differently than the broad stock market index. You saw growth kind of not do as well as value stocks. There was a little rotation. I said last week how we made some changes in the portfolio. And, you know, when you look, the top performing S&P sector for the week is consumer staples up 
0.38%. Basically, you know, investors went to those consumer staple stocks that will do well in the good times and bad times. And it was kind of a defensive play. S&P financials up 0.28%. We're overweight financials. We added to our financial position a couple weeks ago and overweighted even more. So it was nice to see that being the second, um, you know, best performer for the week of the S&P sectors. You have materials up 0.06%. And I know you may say, hey, it's only up 0.06%, but heck, it's better than being down 1.4% for the S&P 500 index. So that did well for us. We also added to industrials down 0.64% and energy down 0.83%. Once again, not down as much as the S&P. So that actually helped our portfolios, us kind of making some tactical moves in those areas. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why our por portfolios are holding up as well as they are. So I'm very happy with where we're at with our portfolios and the investments that we made. Um, we also, you know, hey, we, we, we added to Apple. You know, I, I like Apple. We put Apple in our portfolios and our qualified accounts. And, you know, Apple's one of those great, great companies, one of the few stocks that we own. And, you know, it was up yesterday. It was up 2% yesterday. And we'll watch Apple. I think over time, Apple will be good. We're getting a little bit of a dividend there. So that rounds out the tactical moves that we that we added to the portfolios. As I said, we don't normally buy individual stocks, but Apple was one of those stocks that when I saw 10% off its high, I said, heck, you know what? I'd like to add that in the portfolios. I, I think Apple will, will continue to be one of the world's best companies. It has more cash on its balance sheet than many countries around the world. And it's just got a loyalty from its consumer that's second to none. I mean, if you have an Apple product, when there's a new one that comes out, you're into it. You're buying it, and you can't get it fast enough. There's rumors next year that Apple may come out with a flip phone. When was the last time you saw a flip phone being uh, popular? So we'll, we'll see what happens. The worst performing sector for the week, believe it or not, is consumer discretionary. Down almost 4%. Consumer discretionary really took it on the chin. Once again, inflation worries really not, not, not good. Um, you know, gold is hanging in there at about $1,837 an ounce. Oil, about $65 a barrel. Mortgage rates, when you look at the national 30-year mortgage rate, we're looking at about 3.09%. 15-year national average, about 2.39%. Folks, it's still a good time to buy a home. It's actually a great time to buy a home from a mortgage rate standpoint. Now, the prices of homes, obviously, we know People are paying a whole lot more for, for homes now than they have in quite some time. So you're going to see that continue, I think. And in the suburbs especially, and when I say suburbs, capital region area is a suburb to New York City. You have a lot of people leaving the cities. You know, people are working remotely. And that, you know, there's a lot of that, that that will stick as we come out from underneath this dark cloud, this COVID-19 time capsule that we've been living in for the last 15 or so months. And people are changing the way they, they live and work and, you know, do things. So 
home prices are 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 really i mean heck uh home goes on the market and you know before the end of the day you know there's cash offers and usually for more than the asking price so you can't price a home high enough but from an interest rate standpoint mortgage rates are low folks add in there the high premium that you may be paying for a home and if interest rates go up it just makes it more expensive when you're borrowing for a home so with those low mortgage rates if you find a good bargain in a home don't wait take advantage of that this is the one good part of mortgage rates being where they're at the u.s 10-year treasury note still hanging in there around 1.6 percent give or take depending on what day you look at it i think today it's 1.63 percent 1-800-TALK-WGY 1-800-825-5949 i'm going to take a 15 second break the phone lines are open give me a call any questions whatsoever Hello, and thank you for letting me take that short break, folks. 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. So Bitcoin down, you know, you can trade it 24-7. As, as we sit here, just it's down about $2,000, down to 48000 It was as high as 65000 remember? So once again, Bitcoin got, got hurt. Elon Musk did not help last week on Saturday Night Live with his, you know, comments. Dogecoin was 75 cents. Um, yep, you heard me right. 75 cents. This was something that was created as a joke and took off, you know, this momentum of, of chat rooms and so forth. Really, you never know what, what, what will stick or what will not. And I said, don't buy it, don't buy it, don't buy it. And as Elon Musk came on Saturday Night Live, it fell by you know went from 75 cents i think down under 40 cents somewhere around 50 cents now 1-800-825-5949 let's go to the phone lines we have philip in duanesburg hello philip phyllis oh phyllis how yeah, are phyllis. you right hey yeah i have two questions the first question is um if how much money can I give my daughter per year? Is it like $12,000? 15. So I think what you're asking, 15? Phyllis, is is how much can you give away each year to somebody, anybody? It doesn't have to be a family member. Right. You can send me for a check for 15000 as well. You can give as many people <laughs> as you want up to 15000 and not record it for gift tax purposes. And if your estate is worth millions, you know, this is something that people do to try to get some money out of their estate before it's taxed at a rate when they die. Not that we want everybody to die to take advantage of low tax rates, but, um, you know, $15,000, you can give up to $15,000 to as many people as, as you want, and it won't go towards gift tax. And she won't have to pay tax on it, is what you're saying, right? No, the no, unless you give her, you know, if you gift her an appreciated stock, she'll have to pay tax if she sells it. Some people right. gift their homes, <laughs> and they forget that if you bought a home for 100000 and it's worth 300000 now, when you gift that to your children, which is what most people do to get it out from underneath their name in case they need long-term care, what happens is right. when their child – 
children sell that home for 300000 they have to pay that $200,000 capital gains tax on that. So there's so many things oh, that wow. people do that they got to think about. So <laughs> you got to be careful. I'm glad you're asking the questions, though, Phyllis. Okay. The second question is I have about 150000 in my, uh, what did they call it? I don't know. I know. I know. I'm having a, <laughs> a brain twist here. Um, well, anyway, where where the state can't take it away from me if I have to go in long term care. Oh, yeah. So that there's a lot of there's a lot of Medicare planning. Trust. There. Medicare yep, trust. Yep, yep. Yep. There's a lot of planning. A lot of people actually give away. Um, their assets and they don't need to because of nursing home. And, you know, there's a sweet spot, for instance, you know, you, you can qualify if you don't have a lot of assets. If you're married, there's different rules. So you got to really think about that. Are you married, Phyllis? Widow. Widowed. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, So, you Um, know, the rules that uh, affect you will be different. I have about two hundred thousand in a another account. My question yep. is: Should I put more money into the estate Medicare estate fund? Yeah. So I don't know oh. how that's set up. So that'll be a good question for the attorney that set that up. What should you put in that? How old are you, Phyllis? You sound like you're like twenty nine. Seventy eight. No way. <clears throat> but. When I when I can't remember what I'm talking about, that tells you how old I am. Yeah, I, I know. I have Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, Not I like that. disease, but Alzheimer's. Yeah, I have that too, but my anyway, wife says I, it's selective. <laughs> anyway, I, Phyllis, uh, um, that'll be that'll. Answer. Yep, that'll be a good question for your attorney. Give he or she a call and see what assets should go in there. And, you know, now's the time to do the planning if 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 you're healthy and you're you're with it and so forth. Now's the time to set all of this up. So um give your attorney a call, see what assets should go in that trust and then go from there. Very good. I thank you very much. Phyllis, we thank you for calling. You stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy this beautiful day. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, folks? Any questions at all? Give, you know, give, give us a call. I would love, would love to talk to you. So as I said, you know, yesterday the markets did well. Um, you know, we we had a pretty steep sell-off earlier in the week. When 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 you when you really put it in perspective, you know, on on Monday the Nasdaq. I'm not talking Dow. I'm talking Nasdaq. Remember, Nasdaq is 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 that index that you know, Nasdaq is is 13. 1,430. So the Dow is 34,000. So when you see numbers like this, I mean, investors get nervous when they see numbers like this on the Dow and the Dow is, you know, three times greater. On Monday, the NASDAQ tumbled 350 points. Tuesday, down 12 points. Wednesday, down again, 358 points. Thursday, up 93 points. Friday, up 
304 points. In hindsight, for those that ask, should I buy NASDAQ? Wednesday was probably a good entry point or first thing Thursday morning. Remember, when things fall, volatility creates opportunities for investors when you look at investments the right way. We own a lot of NASDAQ. It's our number one holding along with the broad stock market index. And we're we're very comfortable with that. You know, if you break out our our equities, about 18.5% is invested each into the broad stock market index and also Invesco um, QQQ Trust, which are the 100 largest companies in NASDAQ. Remember, there's about 3,000 plus companies that make up the NASDAQ composite. When you buy QQQ, you're buying the 100 largest companies. So you're getting the big guys. You're getting Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook, Google. Um, you're getting all those great great companies. So those are our top two holdings in our portfolio. And the Vanguard small cap is our third largest holding. And we own about 10% of that along with the Vanguard mega cap value. So we really well diversified. And NASDAQ, you know, investors will ask me every once in a while, hey, are you nervous about NASDAQ? Absolutely not. I've been overweight NASDAQ for 15 plus years. Our clients have made a lot of money because of that. I'm always looking ahead. I'm looking at our portfolios. I'm making sure that there's balance, managing the risk. That doesn't mean that we're not going to lose money. Obviously, we lost money in our NASDAQ holding, but I'm not looking to sell it. And as I said, if if you always wanted to own NASDAQ, NASDAQ's off its high. So, you know, now may be a good time for you to think about, you know, dipping your big toe in the water, as they say, and looking at NASDAQ. The broad stock market index is near its all-time high. I think we're, we're 2% off its all-time high, whereas NASDAQ, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's um, closer to 10% than 2%. 1-800-825-5949. Let's go back to the phone lines. We have Mark in Albany. Hello, Mark. Hello. I got a question for you, if you don't mind answering. Oh, that's what I'm here for. Go ahead. So my mom died in 2017, and she left my son uh, $7,000. That You know, she did her best. And yep. it, she left it with the company that she was invested in, and it hasn't done a dime. It hasn't lost, but it hasn't gained anything. So he's graduating from high school this year. First of all, I should have done something sooner. I didn't help him any because I would think that that money should have grown since 2017. Or I'm, I apologize. That was 2014. Um, what do I do with it? What can I do with it to help him for that money to stay somewhere so as he gets older, it can grow. I don't even know what to do with it. It's a good question, Mark, and sorry that you lost your mom. I lost my mom 54 years ago, and she's still near and dear to my heart. One of the reasons why I'm so committed to women and wealth and helping women in so many ways. Um, I think it's an honor of my mom. So I'm sorry that you lost your mom. And you made a comment. She did the best she could. You know what? Your son... I hope he looks at this um, money that, that that mom saved up and, and left for him and 
think think of his grandmother because that's a beautiful thing what your mom did so your son's only 18 so if you don't plan on using that money for college or in the near term you really need to get that money and the reason i can't tell you because i don't know what it's invested in more than likely if your mom had it maybe your mom was conservative maybe it was in bond-like investments and that's why it hasn't grown so what you want to do is is um you know with your your son only being 18 hey i'm 100 percent invested in the stock market i tell my clients all the time because i'm comfortable with risk your son being as young as he is and if he if he hopes to keep that money intact for a while maybe um get it invested in a growth-like investment and i don't know if he's working or not but heck maybe open up a Roth IRA. I'm big into Roth IRAs for young people. I, I tell the story all the time when Ryan relocated from Boston, as soon as he got out of college, he opened up a Roth IRA, fully funded it. The same with my daughter when she got out of college. And they both were able to kind of cash some of that money in with very minimal tax consequences and because it was in there for five years or longer and put it as a down payment on a home and they both have homes because of it. So maybe talk to your son, Mark, about maybe putting some of that money in a Roth. If he earns, let's say he earns $4,000 this summer, he can put up to $4,000 into a Roth. Um, but at least get it into a growth investment if he doesn't plan on touching it for two years or, or longer. And hopefully for grandma's um, memory, he'll he'll make some money on that money. And then when he does use it, he'll remember his grandmother. I guess the question for you is, how do I go about it? Like, yeah. so, where do I start? So, so you shouldn't be paying a broker with that kind of money. For, for, for your son, I would probably open up like a wealth front or a betterment account. You can open that up with, you know, heck, as little as $25 and get it invested. You can open up a Schwab Intelligent Investor account. And, you know, this way you, you won't be because you don't have a lot of money and you, you really don't need to be paying anybody taking commissions and and taking some of that money. Um, so, you know, just open it up, get a growth like investment. Um, you know, when you open up these accounts, it'll ask you how your tolerance for risk is. For, for example, on a scale of one to 10, are you a two or a 10? Well, your son at 18 should be closer to a 10 than he should be to a two and then um you know easy put that money in there it should go in his name um his social security number and it's probably in that now if your mom left it to him but that's that's how you want to look at it okay okay hey, give me one Mark, account i get on monday morning yep and if you get stuck call us back next week mark thank you for the phone call um Sorry about your mom, but what a nice thing she did for your son. No matter what the dollar amount is, it's a beautiful thing. And hopefully your, your son remembers his grandmother. Folks, we're coming up to the bottom of the hour. That means we need to take a break for the news. It's only a couple minutes long. Stay with me. I'll give out the phone numbers, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions you have, give me a call. I would love to talk to you, 1-800-825-5949. We'll see you in two quick minutes. Hello and welcome back. 
on this gorgeous Saturday afternoon. I thank you for hanging in through the news, and I thank you for tuning in today, folks. I thank you every week that you you come back and listen, and hopefully I can help you out, really. The pandemic has changed so much about what we can expect from healthcare. Now more than ever, we must make the future affordable, accessible, and equitable. I'm Jody Lesh. In a new podcast from Kaiser Permanente, we interview the thought leaders and care providers who are helping shape the future of not just healthcare, but fields like digital therapeutics and AI. We have a lot to learn from one another. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Paolo LaPietra and I met yesterday for about two, three hours, and we finished up by having a little, um, you know, a, a splash at the end of our day, which, which was about six o'clock at night. And he asked me, he says, Steve, do you really like doing the radio? I said, Paolo, I love doing the radio. I've been doing it for 26 years. It brings me such joy. I get energized. I really get excited about helping the listening audience. And it means a lot to me to give back to the community as I'm able to. And this is one of the ways that I'm able to help people like Mark that, that or Phyllis that really, you know, they have questions. They're not sure where to turn. And hopefully, hopefully I can make a difference and get them pointed in the right direction. It means a lot to me. So I said, Paolo, absolutely. I love doing radio. I truly love doing radio. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, any questions, give me a call. So as I said, you know, beginning of the week, stocks were really rocky. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they came back. Friday especially, you know, yesterday the S&P up 61 points, 1.5% yesterday alone. On um, Friday, the Dow was up 360 points, 1.1%. Better yet, the NASDAQ up 304 points, 2.3%. So think about that. The difference of the Dow being up or down 300 points compared to NASDAQ is more than twice because NASDAQ's only at 13,430. Dow is at 34,382. So it was nice to see NASDAQ recover a little bit yesterday, up 2.3%. And when you look year to date at the bond index, down 3.5%. So you, you that's like a 15%, 16% swing, folks. Investing in stocks, investing in bonds. Those are the two broad indexes for each asset class. And that's a 16% swing, which means that investors that have bonds for safety and less volatility, they're sucking wind year to date. One of the reasons why we're underweighting bonds. 1-800-825-5949. Let's go back to the phone lines. We have William in Ravina. Hello, William. Hi, how you doing, Steve? I'm doing wonderful. I got a couple questions. Um, I had a lot of individual stocks. I got rid of most of them. Um, I I have this stock, Trusco. Used to be really good. Used to give good dividends. Used to give um, 15% splits. But then, of course, they invested 
in a lot of uh, branches down in Florida. Yep. I don't. Yep. I don't put any money into it. I just roll over the dividends. It makes a little money, nothing major. Yeah. Um, I got some silver. I don't know if I should take some of that. The trust go sell and buy some silver. I don't. I don't know if I should do anything with it. Yeah, so I'm not a Trusco fan, and I hate to say that because it's a local bank. You know, you mm-hmm. know when 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 you look at Trusco, you know it's up year to date. It was you know like six dollars and seventy cents, and it's seven seventy seven, mm-hmm. and that you know that 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 looks good and 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 feels good. Um, you know when 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 you look over the last five years, Trusco was as high as almost ten dollars, and at its max, you know, Trusco was was thirteen, fourteen dollars. So it's it's really you know sucked win, um, and and it's too bad. A lot of people buy Trusco for the dividend, and we try to get them to rethink that. You know, right now I think the Trusco is paying about a three and a half percent dividend yield, but you know if if you're losing money in most years. You know, it really doesn't matter what the dividend is. We try to teach investors, William, to look at total return. Total return is whether you, you're getting interest or dividends, and then you have to look at the security. It could be a bond, a stock, a, a real estate trust, um, commodities. It doesn't matter. Is there loss or gain in it? And you add those up, and you get total return. And that's really how you have to look at it. You know, I'm not sure where trust goes going. They did branch into into florida i'm not sure you know because i don't really follow it i'm not sure if that helped or hurt but i'm guessing it probably hurt them and who knows why they went to florida you know why wouldn't they go to massachusetts or vermont or a neighboring state they they go all the way down to florida a market that they don't know and the people down there don't know them but i don't know new yorkers move down there steve a lot of local new yorkers move down there that's that was the purpose but not enough to not not enough to not enough to do you know yeah yeah listen listen i know a lot of new yorkers are moving out of new york moving anywhere but staying in new york but you know moving to new york i mean moving to florida they're not going to make a bank successful you know there's not that many new yorkers that 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 are going to say hey i'm going to do my banking in trusco but you know, as I said, it's not one of my favorite holdings. I love financials. I'm overweight financials. And, mm-hmm. you know, we buy it one of of, of, of two ways. We, we would rather see investors buy the, um, the, the, an exchange traded fund. And I'm, I'm telling you, when, when we buy the banks, we're, um, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to be a, a Trusco or a Key Bank or a J.P. Morgan. So we buy. Um, you know, we just added the KBE, the S&P um, Bank Index, which is basically an equally weighted index of um, you know the, the banks in in the country and. We're getting about a 2.24% dividend yield on that. When you look at the top holdings of that, you got Wells Fargo, Northern Trust, Bank of America, U.S. Bank Corp, Bank um, of of New York. So you got some good, good, good holdings. And then, in addition, we we have a bigger, let's say, market cap ETF with the Vanguard Financial. 
And that gives us exposure to, you know, different type banks in the in the Vanguard. So in the Vanguard, we're getting William um, about, you know, just about a 1.8% dividend yield. And the top holdings there, they're similar in some ways, but bigger, bigger, bigger. JP Morgan Chase, Berkshire Hathaway, Bank of America, Wells Fargo are duplicated. Citigroup, BlackRock, Morgan Stanley. So it rounds it out. And as I said, we're overweight financials right now. I like that. But I wouldn't be buying Trusco for my clients. So you got to take a hard you look know, at I that. You know, I think people – sorry to cut you off, but a lot of people were buying it because they thought – because I don't know. You probably remember when Troy Savings and Coho's Savings, they yeah. bought out each other. Yeah. That's what they were hoping because there was a pro- they were about to try to buy them out. Yeah, and hoping that the stock split and all that, and that never, that never came to pass. And, um, well, it all, but it I all mean, comes, I just, it all comes down to the leadership. I there. I don't, William. It all, it all comes down to the leadership of the bank. Do they want to go public? Do they want to keep it to you know, you know, kind of in in the family? Let's say. Each institution is different. Troy Savings, hey, we own Troy Savings Bank. That was one of the banks mm-hmm. that we owned, you know, 21, 22 years ago. And I remember the share price shot up to $35 from the IPO, I yeah. think it was $10. And they were basically, um, you know, being, being bought out. And I said, you know what? We sold. And I said, we're like 40 cents away from the go-to price. I said, if this deal falls apart that $35 could drop to 30 or 25 just like that so we sold and we bought fleet if you remember fleet back then and within mm-hmm. 2 months yeah, fleet gets taken over so we had uh you know two grand slams we knocked it right out of the ballpark no pun intended um within mm-hmm. months for our clients but that's how i think trusco was never on our radar screen so good luck with it never. and thank you Thank you for your call and thank you for your comments. Stay well, William. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever? Any questions? So, you know, the S&P and the Dow lost about 1.1%. NASDAQ down 2.3% for the week. Not a pretty week. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, Stocks don't just go straight up. They really don't. They go up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, that's why I say, you know, when you see volatility, if you wanted to get into some areas, take advantage of that volatility and get into those areas because they may be buying opportunities. Remember, you know, if if if, if Apple's 10% off the high and we buy in and let's say it still goes down another couple percent or three or four percent, we're still getting in. If we think Apple can go back to that all-time high and then beyond, well, we're, we're, we're buying it at a discount to where it was, and that's how we think. As far as the broad stock market goes, listen, folks, it's not if there will be a next correction or bear market or recession, it's when will that come and they will come and they'll continue to come and they'll come and go come and go come and go stocks go up and down up and down up and down stocks have always gone back to make all-time highs which is why we truly truly you know if you want to buy financials buy an exchange trade a fund where you're getting great representation on the financial sector don't fool around with one or two banks 
because you just don't know what the future has in store for one or two companies, which is why, you know, other than Apple right now, that's the only individual stock that we bought for our clients. Other than Apple, you know, we, we, we like exchange traded funds, the ETFs. It's really a good place um, for us. We're taking less risk. And our returns have been really good with us buying ETFs. And, you know, clients will say, yeah, but, you know, geez, I, I, I was at, you know, my, my, you know, dinner club had, had, had a group of friends together on Saturday night. And they're talking that they own Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook and Google. And I say, yeah, you own them, too. Actually, that happens to be your number one, number two, number three, number four holding. Google's number five. Tesla's number six. JP Morgan is number seven. That's what our clients own. Even though we're buying exchange traded funds, exchange traded funds own all of these stocks. So Paulo does a lot of behind the scenes work for me. And he's the one who really, you know, I can show a client exactly what they own right down to, you know, like, as I said, if I strip out the stock portion of the portfolio, our clients own 6.61% of Apple, 3.64% of Microsoft. So they're owning these great stocks. And we do like these great stocks. We think that that these stocks, they, they weren't just a COVID play. They did well before COVID, and we think they'll do well after COVID. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, any questions, you know, give me a call. I would love, love to talk to you. So on the economy, you know, shoppers, you know, they've been, hey, folks, I, I've been saying for weeks now, the consumer has a bunch of money they haven't been able to spend it over the last 15 months. They haven't been able to go anywhere. You know that, you know, you're just starting to go out to eat and maybe hopping on a plane, taking a vacation. I don't even know if you're still going to the mall. You may get used to having things shipped to the house. If you don't like it, you send it right back. Have have um, Mr. FedEx, UPS, or Postman take it, and they send it back. Why, why bother looking for... Uh, shopping or a parking place in in a mall and deal with all of that. And you don't need to deal with that. But shoppers in April, they they spent a lot of money because not only had they saved money since the beginning of COVID, but Uncle Sam, their favorite uncle, keeps sending them money. Stimulus checks, baby, stimulus checks. And if you're on unemployment, you're not only getting unemployment, you're getting the bonus each week. No wonder employers can't bring back workers. People are making more money staying home and they have more money than they've ever had before. But, you know, those happy days are going to be over, hopefully, at some point, folks. Unemployment, we, we can't afford to keep people at home. Remember, taxpayers pay for that. That's not a gift from Uncle Sam. You know, Uncle Sam may be sending you the check, but the taxpayers are paying for that. Somehow, some way. We're adding to the debt of this country and the taxpayers, especially with talk of income rates and capital gains tax rates and corporate tax rates going up. Taxpayers, not everybody pays taxes, but taxpayers are paying for those that are sitting home that are just living high, high off the hog. You know, Uncle Sam may be their friend today, but those unemployment benefits they're going to they're going to dry up 
We can't continue to pay people to sit at home. Businesses are going out of business left and right. Restaurants are going from being open seven days to being open three or four days. Some are closing. It's bad. So, um, but people are out shopping in April. Retail sales, basically a measure of purchases at stores, restaurants, and online sales were unchanged from the month of March, and the month of March was pretty good. People spent a lot of money in, in March, up almost 11%. And that 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 that's something that's pretty good. Sales up almost three percent at auto and parts dealers. Um, there's a shortage, believe it or not, of cars. Used cars prices are going through the roof. I mean, people are literally begging. I mean, dealerships are begging to buy your car. They they can't get enough inventory. Supply and demand. The supply chain is dried up. You know, between the Suez Canal, Mississippi River, the the shortage of, of technology, you know, chips for the most part. And believe me, whether you buy an electric car or not, there's a lot of technology in your car. And this is all drying up. So it's crazy what's going on. 1-800-825-5949. Let's go back to the phone lines. We have Dave from New Hartford. Um, hello, Dave. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. You sound very well. Nice to hear you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm a little tired, but I am doing well. You are doing well. You sound good. You sound good. Thank you. Um, I own some consumer discretionary ETFs. Do you think I should hold on to those? Maybe I should sell them when I get a chance? No, I would actually hold on to them. We we actually liked them. We almost bought the um, consumer discretionaries. We, you know, when you think about it, if you buy the S&P 500 index spider, XLY, XLY is the symbol. You know, it's an ETF that buys consumer discretionary stocks that trade on the S that are part of the S&P 500 index. Year to date, you're up about 4%, you know, not doing as good. But over the last year, you're up about 47%. And 31% of that is in retail, 20% in hotels, Automobiles is about 20%. Home building, 2.5%. Your top holdings, top 10, make up 69% of this. You own Amazon, 24%. So if you want to buy the stock Amazon, but you don't want to just buy Amazon, you can buy this consumer discretionary and buy Amazon, 24%. Tesla makes up 12%. Home Depot, 10%. McDonald's, 5%. Nike 5%, you get the picture. So you can get some great companies in one exchange traded fund. And so, I mean, Tesla's sucking wind this week. And, you know, if, if you always wanted to own Tesla, now may be a time to, to own it. But if you want to own Tesla and Amazon and Home Depot and Starbucks and other stocks that consumers go out and buy, you know, remember, the consumer has a lot of money, Dave. So this is why I'm not so sure I would be selling if I owned a consumer discretionary ETF, which we don't. I'm not sure I would be out there selling it um, with all the money that the consumer has. There will be a day when that that comes. And, you know, this week, as I said, the number, it's funny. You talk about opposite end bookends. You had consumer staples up 3 point, I'm sorry, 0.38%. And you had consumer discretionary down almost 4%. So you have products that consumers 
by. Listen, we all have to do our thing. We're brushing our teeth. We're, we're, we're doing this. We're doing that. Those are consumer staples. Whereas consumer discretionary is, hey, do I have an extra $5 to go buy a latte at Starbucks and that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't be selling it. Um, I'm not sure which one you own, but, but that's the S&P consumer discretionary in a nutshell. Right. Thank you. You're, I enjoy your program. I'll listen to you tomorrow morning. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Eight o'clock tomorrow morning, Dave. We appreciate you tuning in today. 1-800-825-5949. If you have any questions, I would love to talk to you. Give me a call. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so, you know, I just told you that retail sales were up the leisure and hospitality sector which includes restaurants you know for the jobs report even though it was dismal i think we added what 266,000 when they were expecting almost a million jobs for the month of april 331,000 of those jobs came from april now you may be saying how can that be steve if total jobs are up 266,000 well they break it out into sectors you have home building and manufacturing and leisure and hospitality so some may have lost jobs and you know the 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 winner was leisure and hospitality there's you know restaurants are opening up people are starting to be able to go out to dinner um even go to a bar listen we came out with the cdc um you know guidelines where where you know they're saying you don't need to wear a mask although I'm still wearing my mask, although I live in New York, so I'm required to wear my mask to bed. I've been married to my wife for 37 years, and I still, believe it or not, King Cuomo wants me to wear a mask to bed. So maybe maybe, maybe someday I can get by not wearing it to bed and maybe just wear it you know, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, New York's still a very highly regulated and controlled state. There's other states around the country, not, not so much. And it's nice to see that restaurants are starting to be able to open up and not have to stick to 25% capacity and 50% capacity. It's crazy, just crazy. Close at 9 o'clock at night. What? You can't, you know, you, you, you can only catch COVID after 9 o'clock at night. Does that make sense? It doesn't make sense. Um, so it's nice to see, you know, believe me, folks, the hospitality business the restaurant industry, they employ a lot of people. They truly do. So it was nice to see that a lot of jobs came in. You know, aside from, from retail sales and, and sales in general, you had industrial production in this great country of ours up in April. Basically strong demand for goods, but the sector continued to be, you know, there as I said, supply chain um, problems whether it be shipping or not being able to have the 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 material to to make there's a supply chain problem talk to anybody who's looking to put an addition on or build a home or you know hey who would ever think that you know that 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 friend of yours with the pickup truck with two sheets of plywood would literally right now be looked upon as being very wealthy in your community if you're driving around in the pickup truck with a couple sheets of plywood, you and you have a security guard in the back of the pickup truck bed um, to make sure nobody steals that plywood. I mean, you're you're living you're living you know large, you know, a couple sheets of plywood is worth a lot of money today. But um, 
you know the supply chain is is really creating havoc and it's taking longer to get things and it's just you know and and, and there's inflation because of it industrial production a measure of factory mining and utility output up 0.7% for April um, compared to March and then you have economists expecting spending for services such as you know going back to the leisure and hospitality to pick up as more people become vaccinated and establishments in the services sector are allowed to more fully operate King Cuomo if you're listening loosen up the restrictions come on open up our economy let these small businesses get back to doing what they do best and that's um, you know, providing goods and services and, 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 you know, listen, it's time. We've 15 months, we've been restricted in New York. We need to come out from underneath this dark cloud. Still be careful. We promise the king will be careful. We'll wear our masks. All the good restaurants out there will require it. And don't hold that against them. They're protecting you and their staff. Hey, folks, we're coming up to the end of the show. We're going to be back tomorrow. 8 o'clock, if you have any questions you weren't able to call in today, call in tomorrow. In the meantime, you can go to our website, Boucher.com. There's a lot of good information there, B-O-U-C-H-E-Y.com, and see who we are, what we're about. I've been a fiduciary for 28 years in business for 31, but a fiduciary for 28. Back then, nobody knew what it was. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy this gorgeous day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.